guardian.co.uk. Brooks and this is for the Guardian Children's Books podcast. I'm going to read a short passage from my book Naked. This passage is the first time that the band Naked, after which the book is named, their first gig and this is Lily, the bass player in the band, telling us about it. The house lights went down and just for a moment everything hummed in a darkened silence. Then a spotlight came on, picking out Curtis at the front of the stage. And as he leapt into the air like a maniac and began thrashing out the first four bars of Naked, I just knew that everything was going to be all right. The sound was electrifying, stunning, the crash of chords ripping through the air like a thunderous shot of adrenaline. And when I started playing, coming in at precisely the same time as Kenny and Stan, and the stage erupted in a blaze of lights, it all felt so good that I thought for a moment my heart was going to explode. The sound was almost too good to believe. We were so loud, so fast, so tight, We were so there, it was incredible. The machine gun beat of Stan's drums, the punching rhythm of Kenny's guitar, the booming thump of my bass, and above it all, the screaming craziness of Curtis's guitar and the mesmerizing sight of him twisting and reeling and staggering around the stage. He looked so out of it, so lost and manic, that I thought for a second he wasn't going to get to the microphone in time to start singing the first verse. But I needn't have worried. At the very last moment, he spun round, lunged across the stage to the mic, and launched into the first verse with perfect timing. He sang as if his life depended on it, spitting out the words with venom and passion, his eyes squeezed shut, his neck straining. And although I'd heard him singing so many times before, I was still taken aback by the sheer brutal beauty of his voice. The words screamed out of his mouth as if they'd been torn, ripped and bleeding from his heart. Idle black eyes and drug-yellowed skin, the dream flowers die on her cold naked sin. His passion was infectious, and when we all joined in on the chanted chorus, I'm naked, you're naked, we're naked, naked, we sounded like a bunch of mad demons. It was awesome. Hi, I'm Alfie. I'm a member of the Guardian Children's Book site, and I'm going to ask Kevin a few questions. Hi, Alfie. Um, I've read the new book and I really like it. I was wondering, where did you get the inspiration from? Were you a punk rocker? Yes, I was. <laughs> I was uh, not exactly at the same time as the book. The book set in 1976. I was kind of playing in a punk band in about 1977. And it wasn't in London where the book set, but I moved to London about a year later. But I was playing in a punk band in around 77. And I did that for about a year or so. And then I played in all sorts of other bands and spent a long time writing and recording my own songs. But a lot of the experiences in the book are kind of based on my time playing in a punk band. And a lot of the people in the book are kind of based on the people I, I knew and met when I was playing in a punk band. Um, so what do you think is your best punk rock moment? <laughs> it depends what you mean by best. What I wanted to capture in the book was the fact that there were some wonderful times and I, I really, really enjoyed a lot of it, but there were also sort of quite a few not-so-pleasant times. And for me, the best times were simply being on stage with a band playing really loud, really fast rock and roll music. There's something incredibly 
thrilling about that, which is just, you know, it's almost indescribable. And that, for me, was what it was all about. What was your band called and what, what are a few songs that you had written? Um, the main band I was in was a band called The Breaks. You, nobody would have heard of them because we, did, we didn't record anything or we just kind of, we just played. Probably our best song was a song called Shut Up, which I always really liked. Some of the songs mentioned in the book, they're kind of based on songs I wrote a little while after I was in the punk band when I started writing my own songs. So some of them are sort of my songs, other ones I sort of made up especially for the book. But I think the song Naked, when I was thinking about that, I had in mind this song we used to play called Shut Up. OK, I've got a quick question here. Shakespeare's drummer? That's a really hard choice. Shakespeare. But only just. Were you into bands like The Clash? What other music were you into? The Clash were... See, the, the actual, the real punk rock period was really quite short, sort of... Some people say that punk rock ended when The Clash signed to their record label. But I loved The Clash. I liked Sex Pistols, The Clash, I liked The Damned. For me, that was the kind of the three big bands. Clash were quite unusual, and they started off as a straightforward kind of punk band, but they progressed to sort of playing all kinds of different different sorts of music, uh, which I really enjoyed. Afterwards, kind of what's called the post-punk stuff, like bands like Joy Division, The Smiths, The Fall, who were doing different kinds of stuff, sort of not just straightforward punky stuff, and I, I liked a lot of that as well. In all your books, I've noticed you finish chapters with powerful questions. Why do you do this and what literary tricks do you use? I wasn't aware that I did that, actually. <laughs> literary tricks. Powerful questions, is that's the key point of, of your question for me, because that's what I, I like thinking about. So in all my books, maybe the story itself is not about big, powerful questions, but always somewhere within the book there's stuff about kind of big life and deathy kind of questions. Most of those really big questions don't have any answers. The kind of, you know, the meaning of life questions, the, the questions which have been with us for hundreds and thousands of years, they don't have any answers, but that's okay. You can still actually sort of look at the questions and talk about it and, and sort of see where it takes you. So that's what I've always been interested in. I just, and I always like talking about, you know, those big questions in my books, but I don't necessarily go looking for answers. A lot of authors write about love in a soppy way, but I think you write about love in a powerful way. What's this all about? Well, thank you very much. <laughs> I mean, I realised after a while that most stories, not just mine, but almost everybody's books are kind of... They're, they're all love stories in a way, because whether it's, you know, boy or girl, man or woman, boy and brother or sister and mother, they're all kind of sort of love stories. And love is, you know, it's... It isn't a soppy thing, it's an enormously powerful thing, and not just in a good way. I mean, it can make you feel incredibly good, but it can also make you feel incredibly bad or, or desperate or sad. And in the same way that I like talking about big questions and powerful questions in my books, for me the most interesting emotions are the most are powerful emotions. And love kind of encapsulates all the, all the powerful emotions from the sort of the best feeling in the world you can possibly have, as if you're walking along floating on air and everything is wonderful to the worst feeling in the world you can feel them you know all within the same kind of thing about the same person so it's just a, I mean it is a huge powerful thing and it's just so good to write about because it's so big and everybody can identify with it um how did you get into writing did you write for magazines fanzines film scripts I've always written ever since I was like really young 
And even when I was kind of involved in music and doing all sorts of other things, I was always writing. And I always knew that in, eventually I would wanted to write novels, but I knew that kind of novels are quite difficult things to write. You need patience and discipline and commitment. And for a long time in my life, I didn't have that. So I was quite content just to sort of write little things. And I did, yeah, I, I spent quite a long time writing short stories and I had a few of those published and I won a few prizes for that. It just got to a point where I felt that I was ready to write novels and then I had to kind of sit down and teach myself how to write novels because a novel, I mean, I, I knew how to write, work with words, I could write, I could write short stories, but novels are totally different. Were you interested in English at school or did you go on to write novels because you liked reading them? I was very interested in English at school. I studied English at O-level and A-level, and at various points I went to sort of various universities and polytechnics and studied kind of stuff to do with literature. I got to a point where I got kind of a bit fed up with kind of analysing literature. When I was kind of about uh, 15 years old, I had a really good English teacher who used to sort of just give me a book and say, here, you might like to read this. You know, nothing to do with schoolwork, just try this book, you might like it. And he'd give me books like Catcher in the Rye and stuff by Hemingway and Steinbeck. You know, I felt very lucky because it sort of, he just showed me the, the wonder of books. I mean, I already, I already knew about the wonder of books, but he could kind of introduced me to sort of, to, to wider sort of reading. Why did you choose to write books for teenagers rather than adults? It, I didn't actually choose it, to be honest. Um, when I was first, trying to write novels, I didn't quite know what I wanted to do and I was writing, I was writing all kinds of different things. It, and it just so happened that when I wrote Martin Pig, my first book, which I didn't think of as a book for young adults, it was just a book about a young boy. And I just felt, I realised I felt very comfortable doing it. It came that very naturally to me and writing from the point of view of that young boy, I think it made me a better writer for some reason and I realised that I really enjoyed doing it. I mean, I mean since then, I, d I do now write for adults as well, but to me, there's no difference. I write... The only difference is when I'm writing for books about young people, they're told from the point of view of a 15-year-old girl, 16-year-old boy, so they have that voice. When I'm writing kind of for adults, I'm writing from the point of view of a 40-year-old man, which has a slightly different voice. But that's all. The actual books themselves, the language I use, the stories, everything is the same. So it's um, it's just that that sort of writing about young people is incredibly sort of vibrant and intense and very fertile ground for writing about things because everything's so, you know, meaningful and wonderful at that time. What advice would you give to young budding writers? I suppose the first thing I would say is write as much as you can and read as much as you can. They're, they're, they're very kind of cliched bits of advice, but they're true. I mean, books are all about life. So if you spend, you know, all your, all your spare time in your room writing, you're not going to have a life, so you're not going to have anything to write about. But I don't take characters that I've, that I've met and put them directly into my stories, but what I will do is, if I'm looking for a particular... Say I want somebody kind of, you know, I want somebody to be really nasty, kind of psychopathic villain or something, I'll look back at my life and sort of remember people I know who are like that. I will try to remember, you know, how do they, how do they stand? How do they sort of look at you? How do they talk? And I'll borrow those characteristics and put them into my character to hopefully sort of give them a bit of reality, a bit of believability.
For more great downloads, go to guardian.co.uk forward slash audio.